This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What it is, welcome to another exciting adventure of Tyrus and Benderis, because Kat Timph is on her honeymoon in Italy, I think, Greece, Italy, one of the two. Uh, so she is out uh, enjoying her marital bliss. And so I have uh, pulled out my Rolodex of asks and I had a big ask and you were foolish enough to do it. So uh, what it is, how are you? <laughs> Hi, how are you? Um, you're doing a favor for me too. Let's not be. Let's not. Oh, be, oh. Uh, let me tell you right now. First of all, you and I got beef. That's that's number one. We got beef. Um, <laughs> you you big leagued me. Um, how am I big leaguing you? How could I possibly? You had your people. Exactly. Your people oh, reached right. out to me. I was like, who is this dude? He sent a picture. I was like, who is this guy? And if it wasn't for image, I had a weird number with an image on it. And I was like, what is this? And it's, and I thought, and at first I was like, is this guy going to be on the podcast? And so, you know, but this is good. It was very humbling for me because, uh, you know, you think you're a certain, you, you know, you work with stars uh, and I'm, and I just assumed that I was one of them, but I got, I got big league. And then the best part, um, he called Devin a dude. So he, apparently his catchphrase is you the man. So he <laughs> texts me, I was the man. Uh, and before I even had time to celebrate being the man, I got a text from Devin claiming that she was the man. So, oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> so then I text him and said, just a heads up, uh, Devin is a woman. So I think your people in this in the new woke environment needs to change his catchphrase to like you the person. <laughs> That's hysterical. Uh, yeah. And first of all, I'm the man. I don't even know who Devin yeah. or you think you are. I, I was I'm it was christened to come us. On. I wasn't I didn't come on okay. to like, yo, I'm the man. Okay. This is Tyrus. So but for the record, I'm the man. I yes. mean, we've already established yes. this. Yeah. Like, your your kids sure. were okay, is, were surprised on Guffield last week when you yeah. when you uh, stood I up and very, my very, identity. very proud of you. Uh, your your yeah. courage is and look and you already have a team afterwards, <laughs> okay. so it does work. All right. So hey, when you write a book, you've got to have a team because you can't possibly reach out to every single you know media outlet that you're going to yeah, be talking about. I would I never describe myself Tyrus. as a media outlet. You text Not me you. to pick you up okay, a box fine, of wine fine. before the Gutfell show, <laughs> but apparently you won't text me to do the show. But all good. It's all good. I get it. So um, oh, no. speak, we, we mentioned your we kids. Long overdue for drinks. And speaking of kids, uh, <laughs> so you have uh, ventured out and you wrote a children's book. And I am very excited about this. So let's talk about this book because of all the things you could write. Now, you've, you were an Emmy award winning journalist. Uh, yeah. You've been calling it. You've been calling strikes um, since day one and your life experience. What was it that made you go children's book opposed to especially now uh, where there really needs to be a book about how to be a journalist again? So, yeah, you know what? This has inspired me to eventually go down that road. Um, 
but I am so busy all the time with three kids that I actually have never gotten around to writing like a book book, you know, like right. one that has over, you know, a hundred pages. Um, and one that, you know, takes months and months and months. So this book was perfect for me because it finally got my feet wet on the whole book writing front. And then Brave Books actually approached me about the possibility of me being a mom, a member of the media. I have three kids to write a book about, you know, for children. But it was the theme that really clutched it for me because they were saying, you know, that we want to write a book about perseverance. And I was like, oh, wow, that's like so up my alley. I love that. My dad always taught me to persevere, although his word he always used was tenacity. And that was something that like was drilled into my head since I was little, like almost to a fault for my parents, because I was taught to never give up on your dreams, which in other words, translated to me as a child. And until this day, I'm sure you could probably relate to this, Tyrus, um, that I never take no for an answer, which is like a good and bad thing. (laughs) It's probably a good thing. I'm not a man actually, because then I'd probably be in jail. But anyway, (laughs) so yeah. So, I mean, they came up to me and and we kind of brainstormed together. And when they told me about, you know, Brave Books, I hadn't heard of it before. It's a Christian conservative company. They're anti-woke, pro-American. They instill morals and values in our kids, which is something that I've learned through the pandemic that we don't really get in schools as much. I think a lot of parents were sort of um, shocked to hear of the stuff that our kids are actually learning until they got on Zoom lessons and you heard the lessons at home and you're like, wait, what? You know, whatever happened to like basic reading and arithmetic and whatever happened to talking to kids about like, you know, really mature subjects that they shouldn't be learning about when they're ages kindergarten through seventh grade in my mind. So, so check, this check, let me ask you this when, cause I noticed and I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Uh, cause only, only the host of the show got a copy. Um, shut up. It hasn't gone out there. It hasn't and, gone um, and, um, <laughs> but I happened to, I saw um, the magic word fort in there. So it automatically, um, uh, piqued my interest because all I did when I was a kid was build forts. So, um, so that automatically added some legitimacy to it is about forts. Now, how much of an influence were your kids in the writing this book? How much did you use them for input? Did you bounce it off them? Did you read it to them first? Yes. Yeah. In fact, I read an early, early version of the book to my kids and got their feedback. So, and they're in the perfect age group because the age group for this is anywhere between two, four. I mean, they they say four to 10, but honestly, I'd say my, my, my sister's son who just turned three, we just read the book to him and he loved it. So I would say between the ages of two, my daughter's 12, she really enjoys it. So I'd say two to 12. Um, And my kids did input on the book. They, first of all, loved the pictures. And I think every child, even myself, when I see a book and I see cool pictures, I'm immediately drawn in. So the pictures got them. But then the story is about building forts. And as you and I both grow up much differently than kids do nowadays, we were outside playing TV tag and just running outdoors. I remember my kids, my parents couldn't drag me in by dinnertime and they wouldn't see me all afternoon. You can't do that anymore. Just no. let your kids go and run no. and ride their bikes and build forts. That was like the best, coolest thing. You didn't need a fancy swing set or a swimming pool. All you needed were sticks in your imagination. So yeah, or, that's or your, whoever's mom was working during the day to get the blankets to make the roof. Um, exactly. We and always got lucky because we were, I, I lived by, there was like a construction site. So there was always big pieces of wood around. So we'd 
grab well, big pieces serious. of wood and we'd start, hey, but when we got nails <laughs> and like we made forts. I mean, we made legit forts. Wow. And, um, well, mine weren't and, that fancy. And, uh, you know, it was just a bunch of, uh, we had a, it was a bunch of us in the neighborhood and we were always building forts and it was always, um, it was never at my house because my mom didn't play that. Yeah. At all. But my friend's uh, dad was like one of those dads who wanted to be cool. And I think he was the only dad in the neighborhood. So like he really the bar was low, you know, so all he had to do was like <laughs> hand, give out his hammers and some nails and stuff and let us use the backyard to build our fort. So we used to build forts like all the time. So that's a fun oh, that that's so a cool. fun uh, story because, you know, pictures are important now as an educator and a parent. Um, and an author, ironically, if you can believe that, um, <laughs> when I look at, uh, books to read to my children, I always have to go old school. I have to go to the old stuff because the new, totally. a lot of the new stuff is just cheap. They don't try very hard. It, it's a bunch of drawings and it's like two or three sentences. Now yeah. I grew up, you know, uh, we read, you know, frog and toad and there was the, the badger, Francis, the badger and, there was a, you know, every book had Dr. Seuss, but they had all had great stories to go with the pictures because once kids start closing their eyes and imagination, the story is what they see in their brain. And the pictures totally. are just kind of a guide. You know, the, the pictures in the book should not be the most powerful thing because then, you know, and there has to be some kind of lesson in there. And yeah. I am I am not religious at all. I mean, I guess technically I'm an atheist, but I'm not a dick about it. But when it comes to. <laughs> When it comes to morals and when it comes to yeah. values and stuff, I am a thousand percent supportive of having religious values in schools because mm -hmm. the message is do right, don't do wrong, being held accountable, and you need to act a certain way and respect each other. Now, when I when you get older, if you want to question things, I think you have to have an understanding of it first. Even, you know, celebrities like, you know, Bill Maher, who is probably the most outspoken uh, atheist or maybe Dr. Peterson. I don't know which between the two of them, but both had a background in religion. So their their decision came from a place like uh, uh, Bill Maher was, very, was grew up in the Catholic Church. So mm -hmm. but their morals didn't change. It's just their idea process. So I think. um Having that in schools is is important because of just the value, the message of doing right and doing wrong. Like I said, so I don't, you know, because my kids, uh, you know, if they want to go to church with their mom and stuff, I have no issue with that. I don't push my right. my my thought process came. I made a decision when I was in college about religion and how I was going to do with it. But I took a course in religion. I took, it just didn't, it just wasn't there for me. Like it was for other people, the, the faith and the things like that. But I took, I made a valued decision. I just didn't say I'm this and I'm open. I could be wrong. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I don't, with certain things I don't try to have, an, my ego isn't bigger than the knowledge. So uh, I applaud the fact that you are brave enough to not just write a children's book, but also to be working with a company that instill those values, because I think it's important um, for our kids today, because a lot of responsibility and accountability has been lost in our school system. And I'm saying this, unfortunately, from a position of being a teacher. 
No, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, my kids have always gone to Catholic school ever since they were, you know, three years old. And it, the woke culture wasn't as big of a deal when my kids started in school. So it wasn't so much in the news. But now with all of these philosophies to teach your children about like gender and sex based issues, which for me, I mean, there's no way in hell that I'm going to be talking about any of that stuff with my kids until they're well older. Certainly not when they're kindergarten, first grade should be learning about that stuff. I mean, teach them acceptance, teach them to, to, um, to love everyone, no matter their differences, their political opinions, forget politics. Parents shouldn't be talking to parents, their kids about politics. I mean, I so often hear stories from my kids about how so-and-so at school was saying that they hate Trump and I'm like, or that they hate Biden. I'm like, what, why are these children being taught hate number one? And why are their parents cramming political beliefs down their throats when they don't know what the heck they're talking about? Kids don't know about politics. They don't know about world problems. They don't know about terrorism. And they shouldn't let them be innocent and young. I didn't know about any of that stuff until I was well into eighth grade. And honestly, even in high school, I don't think I was really well-rounded when it came to all the hate in this world. I didn't learn about that hate until I was older. I'd like to protect and shield my kids. And I think all parents should want to protect and shield their kids from that sort of negativity. Allow them to be innocent and youthful because once you grow up, you can never go back. Why would we rush our lives? I always tell my kids when they're like looking forward to their next birthday, oh, six months before I'm 13. I'm like, don't rush your life. Don't rush your life. I tell my kids that all the time. And so I feel like the public school system is trying to rush our kids' lives. And hell no, if I have anything to say about the curriculum that is taught to my children, absolutely not will I have my children be submerged in that woke culture. It's it's BS. And, and well, I won't have it. And I love that Brave Books won't have it either. Hold on to your steering wheels, folks. We'll be right back after this. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. I have two thoughts on that. Um, yeah. I always looked at it like uh, it's a case-by-case situation. So sure. when I was a kid in my classroom, uh, we had... Um, a new student who came in who happened to be an epileptic, right? Mm -hmm. So when he came in and and the teacher, before they came in, the teacher sat us down and said that he will have at times strange behaviors. Sometimes he'll even, uh, one of, he also had a, he had Tourette's to go with it. So he would blurt out, he's going to say things. You're going to think it's funny, but if you laugh at him, when he says those things, you are really hurting his feelings because he can't control it. And sometimes, uh, his body will go into uh, shock and will go into shake. So the teacher explained to us about the difference of the new kid coming into class. And we had questions and this, and I think I saw on TV somewhere that do you put a spoon in his mouth? And, the, you know, the teacher said, what you do is if you're on the playground and he has a seizure, you need to run and get an adult right away. So yeah. we discussed it. <laughs> we talked about it. And... When he came in, we understood and we had an acceptance. Now, I, I think if it's going to directly affect your children, like if in my family, my brother, let's say, decided he was going to transition to be a woman, then my children, I would have to, in the same manner, sit down with them and explain that Uncle Tony is going to be Uncle, Uncle Samantha or, or 
going to be anti-Samantha. And then Uh we will have that conversation because they'll be directly affected by it. But if they're not directly affected by it, and here's where social media and Twitter and the woke miss, miss their mark, it is a very small population. And when that population, when you are affected by it, then you need to talk to the children about, but you don't need to go into the, you need to talk about the individual and accepting the individual, not the group, not the political movement, you know, and there's a huge difference in that. So that's where I'm at with it. If you have, a, a, we didn't have it. We just, in our neighborhood, there was one boy who liked to jump rope all the time. He liked to play with Barbies and he liked to dress up on Sundays and wear a little dress and his parents let him do it. And at first we were like, what is this? And then after a while, once we accepted it, it was, we just, it was no big deal. We'd even say like, Hey, Billy, nice dress. We're, you know what I'm saying? Like it became part of him because it wasn't pushed upon anybody. There was no political thing brought into it. We weren't sat down and told every one of you have to acknowledge him and tell him this, that, whatever, because we would have rejected it. You know, there's a way to do things and children are very accepting, especially when you talk to them and, and you've, you have the conversation with them. But we didn't get into who he's going to have sex. No children. I don't, no. It, no children should be talking about sex of any kind with anyone. I don't want my daughter and her first eight-year-old little boyfriend or friend or whatever talking about when do we start birth control. Oh, hell no. That's not going to happen in my house. And I don't need no. some teacher talking about sexual acts because my children aren't doing that. That's not something. I don't care. They'll be 16 and I'll be doing my best to try to keep them you know, from making those kind of mistakes. I don't want to be a grandparent, you know, but when you introduce things inappropriately or make it like that your parents are the enemy, you breed that, that desire to hide. Whenever something's forbidden, you always want it. You know what I'm saying? Oh so, yeah, of and, course. And I think that's where, and if the teacher has an issue, if the teacher's transitioning or the teacher had to deal with maybe not being accepted over their sexuality, they have no right to spread that on the kids just like I don't have a right if I was teaching in a classroom and I was mad because I got called the n-word a few times in my life so I decided I want every child to feel like me about certain types of white people like I don't that then I right. shouldn't teach I have no business teaching teaching is about right. processing and teaching them information that they can use to better themselves not to make you feel better about yourself and it's a yeah. lot of narcissism I think in the school system and, and it's, and it's I- depressing I do think it's a case by case basis. Absolutely. And so that's where the parent comes in, not the teacher, not the administrators. It's the parents' decision. So for example, case by case basis, like you're, you know, you had an experience. Well, my daughter came home from her first day of school today and told me that there was a child with special needs. It's a new child in her class. She was trying to figure out like what it was, but he sometimes blurts out sort of, you know, um, loud things in class at the wrong time. Like I'm hungry in the middle of a math lesson, stuff like that. And I explained to her that, you know, there's a number of reasons why he could be like that, but always make sure that we include him. So in that case, I'll talk to her about that child. If there was a child or, 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 or someone that came into school that I don't know, uh, talked about them being gay, which has never happened in any of my kids, you know, kids classes as of yet, but 
you know, my kids know what it means to be gay. They have an aunt who is gay and we have had those discussions in class and they understand about inclusion and treating everyone equally. So if that were to happen, luckily I've done the parenting at home to prepare them for that. But for a lot of kids who don't know what the meaning of gay is, and I can understand why a lot of parents wouldn't talk to their kids about that because it does involve a confusing conversation for a young child, unless you have it in your family. You know, that's up to the parent to teach them about that, not the the teachers. And then the other thing that really bothers me is that there are some communities and some counties in this country, in fact, Kentucky, I believe, or was it Virginia? No, in Harrisonburg, Virginia, a bunch of parents had to sue the school's district because they basically made it where if a child comes in and decides that they're going to identify as bisexual or transsexual or whatever sexual they want to identify, that the parent doesn't need to be told. In other words, that the teachers can keep this private secret about their kids in the classroom and it doesn't go home. That's ridiculous. I mean, I don't understand how any school has more that they're more entitled to your children's private life than you as the parent. Hell no. Well, not just that, but it also breeds for inappropriateness. You know, totally. uh, I would have issues with any any child or adolescent or teenager talking to a teacher about their sex life or their sexual desires. And then and then the teachers then not talking to the parents. So therefore, they are creating a toxic environment with the parents because it might be that conversation with the teacher that might have the old school dad like me who maybe is struggling to understand why his son is a certain way or whatever. And it might be able to to be able to have that teacher talking to him and help him cope. Now, I work in entertainment. I've worked in wrestling. So I've I've been around. I've worked with, you know, you know, um, it's wrestling. Everybody's gay. Sometimes I used to make the make the joke because it's just it's a part of the entertainment world. And, and so I'm used to it. It's not a big deal. Most of my friends that are that are gay, it's just whatever. They're going to go out with their husband. Yeah. I'm going to you know get yelled at by my wife. So it's it is what it is. It's, it's very normalized in my world. So, you know, for my kids, it's not a big it's not a big issue. You know, what is a big issue would be if someone was talking about the particular sex acts that that couples yes. do. I have a problem totally. with that because I don't they still think the stork dropped them off. So and mm-hmm. I don't need you telling them anything different, uh, you know, because telling a group of 20 kids something that's graphic, 10 of them might get it. Five won't get it. And then another, mm-hmm. and a small group of them will be terrified and confused yes. And and then there's one that will think it's an it's an it's a go card to act out those acts because yeah. maybe they don't oh have that horrifying. supervision. They don't have the supervision at home, um, you know, or they have a parent that is just dead against it and doesn't discuss those things. And so now yeah. you're harbor. It's just it, it's just a, there's so many facets of it that just you can't just have blanket statements with children You're so right. because every child is different. Every child, even in your own house, you tell your kids the same bad news. One's going to be like, okay, the other one, the world ended, you know, and they, and they yep. just can't get over it. So, and that's just from, and you know them, they're your children. You know how they're going to handle certain things or question things or, you know, or, or even worse if a child becomes aggressive about it, you know, mm-hmm. because of something that happened to them. And they have never talked about it. Now you're telling them that they might be something that they don't want to be because of something that happened. There's so many, so many ins and outs of it. It's just irresponsible um, for a teacher who went to school to teach art and history to be talking about uh, 
sexuality <laughs> and things like that. It's just, you know, I, I just, that it is what it is. Hold on to your steering wheels, folks. We'll be right back after this. To get back to the positive side, so this book, which I can't wait to, to, to read because, well, actually, I don't even get to read anymore. My daughter and my son do most of the reading to me. They've, like, taken taking the power from my hand, although I do like to hear them read. But um, the downside is, is I usually fall asleep, not them. So um, I have to I have to rethink that arrangement. But who's the main character? How old are your kids again? Uh, eight, 10 and 11 and 10. Okay, cool. So yeah, they're all still in the age group. So yeah. the main character is Fiona. And the way that Brave Books works is this is a monthly subscription based um, brave book series. So I'm the September month author, right? Uh-huh. So this particular month, the main character is Fiona. She's considered like a legend on freedom Island. They call it freedom Island. The kids get a big map with all the different characters and each month, each book features a different character. So my book features Fiona and she has a dad and she goes out, she builds a fort and she uses her imagination and she really wants to impress her friends with like the coolest fort they've ever seen. So in her imagination, the very first um, fort that she builds is a cottage and it's going to have electricity and it's going to have all these cool things like a real house would have. And she builds it. And in her mind, it looks a certain way, but in the minds of all her friends that all they see is a pile of sticks. So they're not so impressed. A storm comes through, blows it away. Sort of like the three little pigs and the big bad wolf. Although there's no scary, uh, there's no scary wolf in my story. So anyway, and then in the following day, you know, her father, she goes to her dad. He's all, you know, he, she's all upset and disappointed because her fort was blown away. And the father basically tells her, you know, you got to keep going. You got to move on. You got to do better. You got to come up with something better and don't give up you know, persevere. And so she goes and she builds a second fort. And that one, instead of being made out of sticks, is made out of boards. And it's supposed to look more grand in her mind. It is, but her friends are still not impressed. And they go off and they sort of, you know, dismiss her. And she's really heartbroken again and goes back to her dad. So long story short, you know, she ends up building a mansion. And I guess you'll have to read the book to find out exactly how it goes. But the mansion in her mind literally looks like a castle. I mean, it's she builds a mansion the second time. Her third one is a castle. And after she builds this castle in her mind, it looks like something out of Beauty and the Beast or something you'd see in Disney World. And all her friends finally see her vision and use the same kind of imagination. And she really she built a Tyrus fort on the third one because the third one looks pretty cool. So it looks like something that Tyrus built when he was a kid, although they didn't use nails, I don't think, but it still looked pretty cool. And then all her friends finally come through and they pretend that they're actually in a castle and they have this amazing, you know, outdoor playtime with her friends and her friends are all really excited and finally come. And she's excited because she finally persevered and got to build like this amazing fort that impressed everybody. And it's a really cute story. So it's, it's the basic is perseverance, which is yep. a rare talent. It's like accountability these days. Cause mm-hmm. you know, they're being, unfortunately there's this small movement, but they talk loud. And I always say that like they, they, they use social media and they get into certain small positions and they talk loud to where it's like, uh, they want more to be accepted. What can you do for me opposed to what can I do for myself? You know, like everyone, yes. everyone gets yes. a pers- participation parts. I can't even say it. I get so mad about it. Uh, you know, ninth yeah. place trophies and no oh one. Oh my God. And if yes. you're, if you're excelling, we'll just get rid of the acceleration. And if you're a, a golden apple student, we'll just take the golden apples away. So the other students won't feel bad because they're not golden 
Apple students too. No, that's not how uh, it works. They should feel bad. No, you're not. You apply yourself, work harder. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So um, anytime there's perseverance, I'm I'm all about it because that's yep. The less, you know, and a lot of people think I'm, I always call it life lessons, you know, and I think her dad was trying to teach her life lessons stuff. It yeah. wasn't about the Ford. He was teaching her a mindset. So, you know, because it will be at school or like, oh, I think I got a C on this one. Well, I thought I had a, well, clearly you didn't, you got a C. So what are you going to do about it? And, yep. and just like the Ford, she's going to go back at it. And the next time she's going to get a B and then she's like, wow, this happens when you work harder. So I'll work even harder and then I'll get an A. So that message uh, has been lost and it's not, it's coming at a really good time. And I think especially now with parents realizing that just like, uh, a lot of things in this country have gone downhill, the level of, uh, commitment from, and it's not always the teachers. And that's the part that sucks. The student, uh, the teacher's union, uh, I think has been exposed, uh, during the pandemic for a lot of corruption and politicization and really not in it for the best interest of the children, really in it for the best interest of themselves. I think, I think they were all, you know, a lot of their stuff that they were doing was for political power and, yep. and trying to get more money and more funding uh, and just fleecing taxpayers uh, in the name of, Oh, it's not safe for kids to go back to school to hell with the CDC says. So, and the CDC in itself was, you know, laughable at times. So I think they've been exposed and sometimes good teachers get stuck in the middle. But I also know from when I was a teacher, I know our budget wasn't much of anything. And I was always being creative and finding ways to to get things uh, for my kids. And, and so when there's a will, there's a way. So uh, I'm encouraged. I'm excited about this book. I can't wait to uh, get it, read it for my kids. And they can get it at, um, what was it? Bravebooks.com. Bravebooks.com. And it's called Fiona's, Fiona's Fantastical Fort, by the way. I don't even know if I mentioned that at all. No, but yeah, I mean, but. we've, I mean, they've got a, a pretty good image of the book. So Fiona's Fantastical yeah. Fort. Um, yeah. And just for the record, my, my forts look like uh, something that, that came out of a horror movie, but you know, because the wood <laughs> didn't match and we nail stuff together and uh, you know, then the rain would come and put, or uh, someone's parents would come home and be like, dear God, what did you do what is to, that to my backyard? My yard? You know, because we were like, there. we were moving furniture in there because we had like, we we're going to live there. You know, yeah. there's no bedtime in here. And, you know, and then we try to figure out to get light in there and then run an extension oh God, cords from the so garage fun. and stuff. And then, you know, the moms just put a stop to all that. Um, but <laughs> uh, no, I think that's great. I remember doing the same, but I don't yeah. think mine had electricity, but if I would have figured out how to put electricity, yeah, I well, we got an extension it. cord and we're running it out and we took, uh, my friend's mom's lamp from the living room and put it in there and that, that ended it. It was done. You know, then we had to, yeah. nothing. The only problem is you nail things. You got to take them down. And that sucks because you got to yeah, dig the nails out and, and you got to clean up after yourself. And, uh, you know, uh, after that, we started just finding like uh, abandoned lots to build stuff. And this is, again, before the Internet where, um, yeah. you know, pedophiles can't pinpoint and be I on really chat groups. I those days. Don't yeah. you just missing the days of innocent, you know, play. Or just being able to be play. kids without having to deal with all the Bad outside people. factors. I think one of the things, yeah. and again, this is for another podcast, but I really feel like you need to have an ID uh, to be on social media and everyone's verified. Yeah. There would be no bots, no fake accounts. Uh, of course, though, that would mean Facebook and Twitter and 
TikTok and whatnot, they wouldn't be able to fleece because uh, that's that's a big that's part of their business. That's a smart idea. There's, but that's but that's their business is the fake accounts. Those are the ones who buy and buy and buy, and you know they build their accounts up to get attention and stuff. So the catfishes of the world and things like that, all that stuff would be gone, and it'd be very easy. Uh, if everyone was verified online, it'd be very easy to find the, the bad players. Very easy, you know, and uh, I think it would help. I think it would help. Idea. I think it would help law enforcement also, um, yeah. you know, with a lot of these, you know, cyber crimes and things like that. But again, so true. I'm just a big dumb wrestler. But um, no, that is such. No, I swear. Actually, that that is I've never thought of that before. That is such a great idea. It would also help with cyber bullying, too. Oh, yeah. Or at because least you, put some sort you, of. Um, you know, uh, ownership or uh, uh, accountability on people that go online. Because look, think of all the trolls online that like to hide behind their keyboards. I mean, well, we get all, it the all the fake Tyrus accounts, social. you know, that true. are yeah, literally. True, I just had to deal with one who was who was messaging uh, women and stuff and asking them for money in pictures. And oh God! You know, when I, I got a, I only have two forms of social media. I only have Instagram and Twitter, and they're both verified. So it's me. Right. Anything else is not me. And, um, right. you know, and I tell it all the time, these are my only two forms. I don't have TikTok, yeah. Facebook, any of that stuff. And people still fall for it, you know, and, and what killed me is, is the, the culprit on this, on this one, he was like from England or something. So he spoke the perfect King's English. And I just, and I felt bad, you know, for, because the lady, I guess she, sent him some money or something like that. And I was like, I'm on TV every night, damn near. I think I can pay my bills, number one. And number two, you you didn't tip you off with the clear speaking sentences that have never, you know, good day, madam. Like, I have never talked like that in my, it didn't dawn on you. <laughs> I had never said good afternoon or pardon me or in it on TV. Like, you didn't tip. So sometimes it's, you know, people want to believe and they'll, they'll, believe it too much but i think that stuff would stop right away if everyone had and if you don't have an id then you need parental consent and then they have to uh so if you're one if your kid's going to have a social media you got to put your id on it so then you would be responsible for their bad behavior which would stop a lot of bad behavior so again mm-hmm. i'm accountability guy so it's it's a dying it's a you know it's a, accountability is a four-letter word now so um yeah. but I am excited uh, about this book. And are you going to do any uh, touring or reading? Are you going to go to any schools to Um, read your book? Is there anything on the horizon? We haven't haven't planned anything just yet, but I do plan on doing some readings um, at schools. I don't have any book tour signings as of yet. We're trying to figure out how to do autographed books without doing a tour do you whenever you have a book you go on tour I premier, yeah well no because I, I am so busy uh i did one yeah. through premier collectibles um yeah where i did uh i did like a it's basically a zoom and we you just sign the books ahead of time and people go on they can ask you questions and buy the autograph copy that way oh that's such a good idea yep premier collectibles oh, have uh have I'm your guy have, have your guy tell yeah tell your people Oh, uh, I, I have more than one guy. Yeah, I mean, well, the one that calls everyone the man. Who do you think I am? Yeah. Uh, okay, well, that, he, he works with the PR team, but he's not with Brave Books. He works with our PI, oh, PR team. Oh, wow. Well, you tell, tell your corporation, any one of your corporation, uh, 
the Banderas yeah, team uh, to yes. look at premier <laughs> premier collectibles. And I did one uh, with Walmart uh, last night. I did one with also did autograph signed copies with Walmart, but I'm not sure. Oh, how, that is such an awesome idea. Thank you. Yeah. So You're I are like a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. Well, I just I'm, I'm on a hot streak right now. So I'm like blue steel. Uh, I'm just so hot right now. So I'm getting you know, it's all or nothing. I still the the success of my book, but this podcast isn't about my book, uh, still, still kind of scratching my head. Uh, but, but, you know, and I think, uh, this book is going to have similar success because, uh, it's old school and people are missing old school and they're missing, uh, messages and something that they can read with their children that at the end of their kids will get a message from it. And the downside is you might get a few messages about now I have a giant fort, uh, in the middle of my house. Do you have a book on cleaning (laughs) it up? We also have a Brave Book Challenge, actually, that in the book. So the book is not just a story, but it also has different adventures and fun activities in the end. It comes with stickers and a map. Oh, sweet. um, It has... It has different topics and conversation starters for parents to have with their kids as well. And then it also inspires kids. And there's a challenge at the end to go and build a fort together with your parents, not just by yourself, but a whole family activity. And then I want people at home to build a fort either at home, in their house, outside, outdoors, using whatever you want. Send me pictures on Twitter. And then we're going to give away a prize. Once we've picked the winner, they'll get a free year's subscription to Brave Books. So well, that that's sounds something. pretty so awesome. So they can, us, you can go to a construction site and put something together for us. Yeah, or I, I have a lot of pillows now, so I can I could probably stack them up. Um, Perfect. Are they pink pillows? A lot of them, yeah, because uh, my daughter <laughs> rules the world. But um, okay. and if you have a fan, uh, you just put the you put the fan, you put the blanket on top of the fan, and then it blows and makes a roof. So wait it, a second, what? Oh, I am a novice. I've yeah, never tried that. I've been that building either. forts for oh, a long time. Yeah. Okay, I need you to come over and yeah. build a fort with my kids and show them how it's done. Yeah, it's Jesus. done. I've done chairs, Amazing. pillows, and a fan. You've got <laughs> you've brilliant. got a brilliant fort. Yeah, been, my kids love Tyra, so yeah. um, I'm gonna tell them about your idea. Yeah, they'll they'll eat it up. And it's they love easy. you. Okay, I will. I'll tell right. them. Well, thank you so much for today. And again, um, they can I get your you. book at Brave book.com is that correct brave books brave, brave books.com it brave is book. not on amazon no um, you gotta go to, you gotta go to the source uh brave books com. yes all right fiona's fantastical fort i love you tyrus and i'll see you uh see you soon and we'll get you a book as soon as possible yeah have Maybe your people have your reading. people not you have your people bring it so i feel closer to i'll them have my people send you a book all right thank <laughs> Do you you want it to go to your house or office um uh, probably my house. I'll, I'll text your people my address because that way, um, my uh, my Why, kids. Why you don't want to say it right here on podcast? No, I, okay. I think I want to guess. Not that everyone would show up, but you know, usually it's the trolls that would want to show up and drive by. Um, but yeah, all right, cool. All right, so for more podcasts like this, just like this, you can check us out at foxnewspodcast.com. Uh, I'm Tyrus. Thanks so much. To author and Emmy Award-winning journalist, uh, Fox News's own Julie Banderas and her team for stopping by today. Enough said. Love ya. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform, and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch.